Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. What's up, Fungal Associates? Welcome to Completely Arbitrary, the podcast about trees and other related topics. I am one of your hosts. My name is Alex Croson, and I am across from the man, the myth, the legend, Monsieur Kissyclap. Alex, bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. 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 My dream is to go to France so that I can walk into a little little bakery and say bonjour. Yeah, you should. I think they'd be great. There's a, <laughs> a little dog at this uh, um, team retreat we did last week of one of my teammates, and mm. his name is Baloo. And Baloo. it's a little tiny shih tzu. The whole evening, uh, the whole time we were at this retreat, I kept on saying bonjour, Baloo. <laughs> bonjour, Baloo. Yeah, never responded to me once. Like, Baloo was just. What the com- fuck, Baloo? Yeah, yeah, apparently just was not, doesn't know what bonjour means. He was big dogging you. He was. I felt like a little dog. Mm. That's anyway. what little dogs do. They don't want. They don't want to be little dogs. They make you feel like the little. Exactly. Dog. It's power play. Yeah. Yeah. It's which is you know you, you got to give it to the dogs for not ever knowing how big or small they are. They mm. always have the same like I'm I'm a dog. True. It's just it's it's good for them. It's good. It's happy. I'm good. It's, I'm I'm happy for the dogs. I, I always loved my 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 late beloved Solo. Uh-huh. He he would. If he saw another big dog, he would try to big dog, you know, yeah. like I'm a big dog. You think uh-huh. you're a big dog. I'm a big, I'm a but big if he, dog. if there, if we walked by a little dog, it's like they were invisible. Like he just <laughs> didn't even consider yes. them. It was so rude. Oh my God. The politics, the caste systems yes. of dogs. <laughs> I don't even want to imagine it. It gets way too, way too, uh, the metaphors are terrible. I don't want to do it. I want to see succession with dogs. <laughs> this is, this is how I pitch TV shows. <laughs> okay. I, I go, I want to see The Simpsons with dogs. Yeah, and right? it's like, oh my God, that's evocative. Yes. I want to see Cheers with dogs. With dogs. I'm Imagine a, what they could be. Kind of a one-trick pony. Casey, big happenings in the arbitrary world. Oh my God. They, this, yeah. this last weekend, you and I hosted the first annual, I'll say. Okay, yeah. Completely arbitrary trivia night. What a night it was, Alex. At the Arbor Beer Lodge in Portland, Oregon, hosted by Treecology. That's right. Our friends over at Treecology, they, they were so lovely. They also 
uh, they they sponsored us by giving everyone a tree. That's right. Yes, uh, we didn't tell anyone that. We kind of wanted to keep it under the radar. It was a cool surprise. It was like it was like Oprah was like, "Look underneath your seat, mm-hmm. you get a brand new Douglas fir." Casey, that's so funny you say that because when we were when we were revealing to the people that were there, yeah. that they were going home with a tree. I, I chickened out, but I really wanted to go, you get a tree, and you get a tree, and you get a tree. <laughs> oh, you should have. That I know. So good. I also chickened out of wearing the cowboy hat. Did you notice? Oh, I did. Yeah. Oh, I, I turned God. to Lily. My partner, Lily, was behind me. I turned to her and said, I don't think I can do that. <laughs> oh, man. I wish I had known. I would have forcibly put it on <laughs> while you were talking. I didn't. It completely. I didn't even notice. Yeah. yeah. Oh well. In the moment, but it was a fun night. Case. Oh my god, it was a great night. Let's see. We had we had a bunch of teams show up. I think, or rather, we had a bunch of people, and then they all kind of separated into teams. Yeah, we packed the house. It, we did, and it was so much fun because I think a lot of people came in from all over the city, all over the United States. We had some people flying from Vermont. Yeah. Uh, Alyssa and Ben are their names. So shout out out for like coming the furthest shout out to them that was awesome we had a couple friends also come down from bc mm-hmm. they they boarded their child for the evening with their friends <laughs> and then brought uh brought themselves and actually gave us two beautiful bowls uh david was, was the person who did that thank you so much for those bowls they're so beautiful mine is from a seaside juniper yes which is just so good incredible mine is from a from a sugar maple yeah so it's like wow. I think because David thinks I'm sweet. Well, yeah, but also you just you know you every time you said sugar maple, oh, he even sure. said it just like that. Really? Yeah, he did. Yeah. I missed that. Well, let's see. We had we had 14 teams. Or I'm sorry, 13 teams wow. show up and or aggregate together, mm-hmm. and it was a bunch of people that you know from our community that I've known from doing different things from other arborists, people who've paid attention to the show for years who you may have not met, but I've seen them at different tree walks every now and then. They, sure. They showed up. They were, we were selling shirts, and we just had so much fun. It was great. And, because this is a part of the whole thing. What do you have there? I got the winners here. Oh, Casey, yeah, that's well, right. Part of the grand prize and the second grand prize yeah. was to get a shout-out on the pod. Exactly. So, so I, I, here, I, have, I imagine how this will go yeah. is that you can say shout-out to this person, and then I'll say shout-out to that person. You okay, know. yeah, that sounds great. Okay, we can each give them a shout-out. I think that sounds perfect, and then okay. like put it some, uh, some like building applause you know, in Ooh, the back. Oh, sure. Yeah. So before we go too far, though, I want to name some of the team names that we had, yeah. just because in trivia, you always want to come up with a cool team name, right? Mm-hmm. Something that's either topical or like politically relevant or something like that. So with this, we had things like uh, pining for you. Pining for you. you. So good. Uh, we had uh, the Emerald Ass Borers. Yes. <laughs> that was my favorite. I gave them an extra point just, just for having it. It's pretty good. We had Panicle at the Disco with an exclamation point, as in the, the hit uh, 19-2000s band, Panic at the Disco. It's <laughs> very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. We had the Poplar Birches. Get it? Like the popular bitches? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, very good. Yeah, so good. Uh, we had uh, a friend of ours, actually, uh, Jesse, friend of the pod, who's uh, made a table for yes. you here, uh, had two names. He couldn't decide which one he wanted. One was Emma Lanker. I just met her. Right. The other one was Macrophyllum. I just met him. Very good. <laughs> very clever. I think I think Amalanker, I just met her, is better. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's a little so too. Snappier. It is, it is. And and the um versus M, you know? Yes. Amalanker. 
her. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I think that's probably why Jesse put both of them on there. So just had to get traction on both sides. Just need to workshop that. Yeah, exactly. But now the number two team that won was the Epiphyte Club. Uh-huh. Which I think is like that would be like a cute like like I don't know, Saturday morning cartoon or something. Oh sure. Or like you just go and like you're hanging out on a tree and like different insects and squirrels and things like come up and you just talk about nature. Yeah. So shout out to anyone who does that kind of production. Do that. With dogs. <laughs> With dogs, please. The Epiphyte Club. Dog just comes up and tears all the moss <laughs> off the branch. All right. We're going to shout out to all the team members on Epiphyte Club, the runners up for the win. That includes Annalise. Shout out, Annalise. Audrey. <laughs> Is this good? It's great. Audrey? Audrey. Audrey. Thank you, Audrey. And a shout out to Trisha. What's up, Trisha? Mario. Yeah, Mario. Patrick. Mario also won the uh, uh, Mario won a raffle. Yes, and so did the the final member to be named here, Sochiel. Sochiel. Uh, so so much fun. You guys were great. They also uh, invited us to go um, to a garden at a local McMinimins, which we're really excited about. So yes. it was a really great experience to have them play, have them succeed so well, and then also uh, get a little networking in so we can go and do a, do a cool thing over there. Who was right before Sochiel? Patrick. Patrick. I think I, think I talked over Patrick's oh, name. Oh, sorry. Uh, we also had Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. Shout out to Patrick. <laughs> I'm going to leave that guys. all unedited if <laughs> oh, you don't no, mind. I don't mind at all, Alex. You are the artistic creative director here. You I instantly thought, happen. how am I going to splice that in? It's going to be awkward. <laughs> it would be less awkward for me just to draw attention uh, to it. Anyway, Epiphyte Club, congratulations on your number yeah, two. Yeah, very well spot. thought. Spot. Then the winning team, Rootbound and Down. They pretty much dominated. They really did. They had 137 points, which is only 10 points above the Epiphyte Club. It was close. Which was then 10 points above Panicle at the Disco. So it was it was like pretty, pretty close. I mean, within 10 points is just two questions on the last round. That's right. It's pretty insane. Uh, that was August, who's a friend of mine, an arborist in the community, uh, bought a ticket. I think one of the first two buy a ticket to come to the show. Nice. Shout out to August. There's also Dane. Shout out to Dane. Andrew. Yeah, Andrew. Andrea. Andrea. And Damon. And Damon. Those are the folks. <laughs> they they crushed it. I have to admit, I know most of them. They're all arborists in the area. Well, yeah, those were our winning teams. Um, thank you to everybody who came. It was a very rewarding night. Oh, it was so much fun. It, to be a little transparent, I was pretty overwhelmed. <laughs> uh, socially, I would say. Yeah, yeah. But also physically. I'd, I'd been sick for like two weeks, so lugging a bunch of shit all over the place and setting yeah. everything up was pretty taxing on my physical body. Yeah, most definitely. And then meeting a bunch of strangers who kind of know me already was yeah. was also very taxing. Nice. So if I appeared rude to you, I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's just anxiety. Uh, yeah. So very happy you were there. You're certainly forgiven, Alex. Thank you, Casey. Uh, so the last two things to say, if you're in town, uh, in Portland town, go to Arbor Beer Lodge, grab yourself a beer. Yeah. Great people. Oh, yeah. Shout out to Kyle for running that bar that whole night. Kyle killed it. Crushed he was it. one of the one of the sweetest men I've met in a truly, long time. Truly, really, truly. Yeah, we had uh, a, we had we, we had a couple nice moments toward the end of the evening there, the three of us. Yeah, we really did, and it was just it was a very special special event because of that. Yeah, and also if you're uh, if you're hanging around Portland, you live here, you need some tree work done, go call Tree Ecology. Mm-hmm. They were sweet enough to donate. 
donate uh, their time and effort to bring us all the trees that we gave away to everybody, which are all either going to some nice home or we are going to help find a home for them. That's right. Uh, so if you have any tree work you need to be done, you want to talk to someone who cares about trees and knows what they're doing, Treecology is a group. Go call them. Go hang out. Go talk about trees. Shout out to Treecology. There you go. Now. Well, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know you were going to say anything. Well, Casey, as we do every week, we have a tree to talk about. That's right, Alex. And this is the second tree of our Treasons Eatings. Yes, it is. Series for December. That's T-R-E-E-S-O-N. Yes. Uh, where we talk about food trees as it pertains to the holiday season. <sighs> What's wrong, Casey? Our last Treasons uh, Eatings. Uh-huh is going to be on the 29th is when it's going to come out. Were you and you you acted upset just now. Were you yeah. hoping it would come out later? Yes, actually one week later, but it it would have also still not fallen on the right day. What is the right day? Uh, January Chris? 6th. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just really wanted our last season's treatings to happen on, or treasons eatings to happen uh, on, on January 6th. I love that we're joking about January 6th now. <laughs> yeah, Such a yeah. weird, funny, weird <laughs> thing. As we do every week, we're talking about a treat, treasons, treasons, And this week, we are talking about one of my all-time favorite foods. <sighs> Uh, I know you're a fan. Yeah, I am. Today is the pecan. The pecan, <laughs> Alex. The pecan. Listen. I, I will say most of my extended family lives in Alabama. Okay. And those people, including my father, who's from Alabama, yeah. say pecan. Okay. Like P apostrophe K-H-A-N. Yes. Okay. Pecan. I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What do you say, pecan? I get a little bit Genghis pecan. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't work as well. I thought I was going to get that uh, that thing right. Anyway, uh, you say pecan, yes? Yeah, I say pecan. I think. Uh, can I? Can I clear the room really fast? Yeah, everyone, get out. I am so sick of people. Oh, that's a, oh, actually, it's, it's pronounced this way. Oh, really? God damn. Yeah, go for it. There's such a... Okay. I'm going to shut my computer so we have some time to hear this. Everybody is from a different place. <laughs> yeah. And language is such that you pronounce things differently depending on where you're from. This okay. is not new. Yeah. No, this is this has happened. And it does not matter. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if I... It, I will go as far as say it doesn't matter if I call it an Oregon white oak and you call it a Gary oak. Oh. Who the fuck cares? I care, Alex. Casey, you're wrong for caring. I'm sorry. You are wrong for not caring that I care. <laughs> I care that you care, you're How my friend. How dare you? But especially the pronunciations of things. Uh-huh. I just, that is one of my biggest pet peeves in starting this podcast is people correcting others ah. on regional differences in pronunciation well there are some just people stop some people do prefer to say oh like just so you know like it's it is uh it's pronounced this way and people like to be able to fit into the the local dialect or the local the local terms they can do that on their on their own <laughs> they don't need somebody correcting them uh, well what about people coming uh coming here to the this state and saying oregon why are you not on my side about this because i think it's i i'm with you but i i don't think i can follow <sighs> you the full way there alex i i hear you I, I actually have to say i read this week 
that there are no agreements on how it is said properly. So I think on pecan or pecan, whatever it is, you're exactly right. Uh, I cringed at the way Casey said Appalachian. <laughs> is this too alienating? I don't think so. I think it's fine. I just cannot stand when people do that. It's it's my new and I I will die on this hill. Stop. <laughs> I will Stop die on correcting this hill. like uh, regional pronunciations. Yeah. I might go just far enough to say stop correcting Alex on regional pronunciations. <laughs> is that what this is really about? I still want to make sure that I'm saying things properly. <laughs> I hope that's okay. Well, okay, what properly to whom, though? Uh, exactly, but I guess, yeah, the real question is who owns the pronunciation of a thing? Who Nobody. Owns exactly, that is. Nobody. That is, that, it's I language. Think, I think that's a fair argument. I, I hear you saying that it, it will move and it changes in, in language spoken uh, from some place about some other place is not the same as language spoken about that second place from that second place. You know what I mean? I, okay. I, I want to, I want to like walk back a little bit. I know okay. we have to get into the episode. I'll probably edit most of this out. Hey, I like it. I want to walk back a little bit. Say like, I think it's slightly different if you're like pronouncing, say I, I'm trying to say like a word in an indigenous language. Okay. And I'm saying it really wrong uh-huh, uh-huh. to the point where it means another thing. Ooh, I see. Like, please correct me. Cause I don't want to be insensitive. But if I call it a walnut and you call it a whale nut, yeah, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care right. what you call it. All right, that's fair. I think that's a, I think that's okay. I think that's okay. It's it's a certain. There's a certain level. I think there's a spectrum here that I'm I'm finding. Yes, I, there's definitely a spectrum. I don't know where we're landing on it right now, but it's on one side or the other. As I just want to make it uh, like Tualatin. You know, you wouldn't want you would want people to say. Tualatin rather than like Tulatin or something like that. Tualatin? Yeah, Tualatin. So my that's what my aunt's from Alabama said. <laughs> I love and you know it. you know how I responded? Yeah. I didn't say anything. You didn't say I anything. I just let them. You walk the walk, Alex. <laughs> that's what's important. <laughs> I appreciate this about you. <sighs> okay. Well, Alex, I think we should do something new right here. We should take a break. Wow. So that you can get some water. <laughs> take a walk around the block. <laughs> yeah, take a walk. Go get yourself a coffee. Splash my face with cold water. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, listen, we got lots of pecan talk, pecan talk. After this very short break, we'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Treason's Eatings. Ho, 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 ho. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Hi, we're back. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. Oh, man. I feel like that break that we just had is going to be one of those things where someone's like, all right, great. We'll talk to you later. And then, like, they don't hang up the phone. And then they're just like, oh, yeah, God, that guy sucks. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, I just, I really think he's the worst person. Yeah, hold on. Let's uh, go back. You know? It's like my dad. You know how my dad hangs up the phone? He just puts it down. <laughs> just, oh, my dad so hasn't scary. ended a call in months. <laughs> Good for him. Oh, my God. Hey, unlimited minutes these days. Thanks, Verizon. Yeah. Uh, Casey Clap. Alex, you ready to get into this? Let's talk pecan. 
pecan. Uh, yes. Well, now I'm all goofed up. Why don't we and just you know say, what? It doesn't matter. I, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're not goofed up. Let's call it the pea nut. Ah, the pea <laughs> nut. I agree. Ah. I think that's, that, that's, the, that's the best one we got. Let's imagine that you and I are walking through, let's make it real simple. Yeah. And say a pecan... F- Orchard. Yeah, I think that's that's good enough. Yeah, owned by Dole or oh, something. Oh, yes, well, yeah. Milliken, I think, might be the one this time. Milliken. Yeah, well, we'll get into God, it. That just sounds evil. <laughs> um, and we come across some pecan trees. Casey, let's ID this tree. Oh, let's do it. So the old pecan, I don't recall why I called the pecan. I was in the south, but like in the North Carolina south, and okay. they said pecan, so I just... I just started doing that. And you know, sometimes you just got to choose a way and just stick with it. And that's fine. Yes, thank you. Uh, so here, here's a tree that, Alex, is spectacular. Mm-hmm. It's a tree that grows natively in the United States, essentially from Canada, like uh, Iowa and Illinois, Ohio, Indiana. Really? Straight down the middle of that swath of the country, down to Mexico. Like down the Mississippi? Exactly. Okay. That is the that is the perfect way to do it. It's a tree that grows essentially in the Mississippi basin. Okay. Wherever there's like a, a, a low-level alluvial river kind of valley area, pecans are loving it there not necessarily riparian no not riparian okay. but like something that would have lowlands yeah have like a, a a high water table because there's a river just down the way the mm-hmm. way from where it's at so they're, they're the tree that is like constantly wants a good amount of water but isn't gonna be literally in water okay and my god do they grow in just the most gorgeous way. They're the mm. biggest of all the hickories. The scientific name is Caria. Here's a fun one, another pronunciation thing. And if anyone asks me, I'm so ready for you. I thought you were, I thought you were saying Caria, here's a fun one. Oh, yes. I was like, whoa, that's weird. <laughs> that's a really good uh, scientific <laughs> name. Uh, <laughs> what, is the, what is the scientific uh, name? Caria Illinoisensis. Illinoisensis. Yes. Now, it, it's spelled I-L-L-I-N- uh, O-I-N-E-N-S-I-S. So it's meaning the the carrier, which is the nut, from Illinois. Okay. Now, Illinois is pronounced Illinois, even though it has like the I-S at the end, right? Right. O-I-S. Is that the French? It is, yeah. It's because it was named by the French initially. Yeah. And I, can I tell you a story? I, I might have actually already said this one time on the show. Please. I'll say it again. Uh, when I lived in, uh, in Illinois, which I did for about a summertime. Really? Yeah, yeah, I did. I worked at the, uh, the ISA, the International Society of Arboriculture. Mm-hmm. They've since now relocated down to Atlanta. But at the time, they were in Champaign, Illinois, which is a little college town of the University of Illinois. And I recall specifically a lot of the people that were from that area or like up in Chicago, they would cut you off when you're talking. Like, like notably, I've never wow. noticed it anywhere else. I don't know if this was just the people I was with, but it was a pattern. I, 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 I picked wow. up on it. So I'd be talking and they would just kind of say, I, I know what you're going to say for the last like, you know, six or eight words. <sighs> and then they would just like cut me off. And one time I was talking and I was going to say Illinois State as in the university, Illinois State University. Uh-huh. So I was saying Illinois and then they <gasps> cut me off and then they stopped and were like, it's pronounced Illinois. And oh, I was like, no. you bastards. 
I know how to pronounce it. You cut me off and then you added me for saying uh, the name of your state wrong. It was like the perfect like combination of me just looking like I didn't know what I was doing. And then then like, you know, having the dominant role. And I was oh just my like, God. I was so I was so mad. I remember it to this day. Fucking that's a that's a big time no no. Exactly. And I was like, no, no, no. I think at the time I was like, hold on. No. And I explained myself thoroughly, but they at that point it was just, you know, a joke. The Caria Illinoisensis is the biggest of all the hickories. Wow. Now Caria means nut, as we said earlier. Uh-huh. It goes way back to ancient Greek. Um the the tree itself can grow in spectacular uh, instances up to about 150 feet. But normally you're going to see it around 80 to 100, you know, somewhere in there. It's still pretty solid. Oh, it's a solid tree and it just gets this gorgeous, huge round crown. Mm. Like uh, if you see a big walnut that's been growing somewhere in o- the open area for a long time, yeah. it just becomes this big mop of a big globe of tree. Love it. This does the same thing. And they're they're not very closely related, but they're kind of closely related. They're in the same family. They're in the same subfamily, but they are just different enough in some very particular ways, which we'll talk about, that they are, you know, two different genre of trees. That Juglans f- versus uh, the carrier. That family is uh, hickory? Uh, the, it's actually the walnut family, Juglandaceae. Oh, where does hickory mm-hmm. come in? Uh, hickory is in the subfamily of like juggling, juggling dioaceae, something like that. Oh. So they're in kind of this subfamily of, and the other subfamily is a bunch of species that are native to like China and Japan and kind of Southeast Asia. Interesting. You'll recall when we talked about the shagbark hickory, we talked about the fact that there's these two populations of trees in Southeast Asia and Southeast United States mm-hmm. that are essentially made up of the same characters, but they're all slightly different, almost like a, a TV show where you have like all the stock characters run into all the same kind of stock characters, right. but like they're all just slightly different, but all these like things are so <laughs> like, you're like, okay, yeah, that's, that's Will and that's Will. I see that. Like that's they're the so same funny. person, you know, but a little off. I always think same of, thing. uh, Shaun of the Dead. Remember, remember when they run into like clones of themselves, basically. No, I don't remember that. It's like they're all running. They're running away from the zombies. Oh, yeah. They run into a group of people that all sort of look like. Yes, them. I I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's exactly the same thing. So uh, those are those kind of like split the two subfamilies a lot. Got it. Um, so the tree itself is they. It's a big tree. Obviously, it grows in these huge, big, open kind of growth patterns, and they have leaves that are alternate, pinnately compound leaves, which have about nine to seventeen leaflets, and they're probably upwards of about maybe a foot and a half long, maybe kind of on average a little bit less than that. It's pretty big. It's a pretty good size leaf. And they look really similar to other hickories and walnuts. The biggest thing being the leaflets are very falcate, which is a fancy way of saying sickle-like. Sickle-like. This yeah. is a term that we've never talked about on the show. We we really haven't. That's a very good point. Uh, we haven't really come up with leaves that are so particularly shaped. What was the word? Falcate? Falcate. Yeah. F-A-L-C-A-T-E. 
Okay. Yeah, there's a uh, Quercus falcata is the southern uh, red oak, and it has leaves that kind of come up, and then at one point they just kind of go whoop and just kind of angle off one wow. direction. Wow, sickle like. Yeah. Okay. So I'll give you an example. You can kind of see what I'm talking about. Look at the top leaf there. Oh, sure. And all the, all the leaflets on it, on the top of the leaflets, further away from the base of the leaf, yeah. they are a little bit wider and a little bit longer, and on the bottom... They're a little bit shorter and a little bit thinner, so they end up having this kind of curved look to them. That is not uh, as falcate, as sickle-like as uh, I was expecting. Gotcha. I well, was expecting, you know, you've seen leaves that are like a literal like crescent moon Oh, shape. yeah, 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 sure. A lot of um, uh, eucalyptus are like that. Sure. I'm also thinking maybe like honey locust or Ooh, something. No, those are so, like yeah. those really, those They're are really tiny. Binately yeah, exactly. Compound. Yeah, but I know the leaves you're thinking okay. of. The, I guess if you were looking at these and comparing them to a walnut or something like that, mm-hmm. then it's really, really obvious. Okay. You know? Yeah, sure. So, Casey, I want to talk bark before we get to the yep. big show here. I it's guess I'm guessing so there's a flower as well that we need to talk there about. There is, there is. But you know what? Let's do the flower okay. before we do the nut because one is very involved in the other alex are we skipping bark no we're going to talk about this bark okay this bark is very much the kind of bark that is the the hickory bark where they have these uh it's kind of like an ash tree i think where they have like these cross hatches where it's almost like they create these like x's or like the outside is like kind of ripped apart so it kind of gets these these horizontal kind of like splits in it you know what i mean is it like the diamond pattern exactly yes okay. i don't know why i never think to just say diamond pattern i always think of these wacky things that make no sense yeah <laughs> with all of your Thank hand you. gestures i know if anyone could see me capture that I, I look like i'm a cheerleader doing like spirit fingers <laughs> trying to do something that ripped apart alex like this like you're performing magic or yeah, something yeah exactly all right now look at the bark look at the bark can you, can you just look at the bark now what do you see alex that's pretty good thank you thank you i could be a good magician i think i could be a good mus- musician magician hey or a good auctioneer what about a magical magician a magical musician. Oh, yeah. Honestly, he was on stage and he just disappeared. This is the best show I've ever seen. <laughs> you could play drums and do card <laughs> tricks at the same time. <laughs> nice. It'd be incredible. Oh, that'd be great. All yeah. right. All right. Put that on my resume. <laughs> so the bark gets really thick and it's just big and, and kind of heavy. As it ages, it can kind of start to become a little bit flaky, mm. but it's just like really robust looking bark. Cool. The difference between it and ash trees is that ash trees kind of create ridges that are very like uh, defined, I think. So when you look at them, you're like, okay, I can, it's, it's very easy to see that they don't necessarily bleed into one another. They're all very uniform size. Yeah. With the pecan, they're very much not uniform in size. Some are really wider and a little bit bigger. Hmm. Some of them are a little smaller. They kind of have some bark that doesn't kind of separate from the one very clearly. So it kind of looks like um, almost like dough, like if you kind of pull dough apart, it kind of it has this like texture to it. Sure, you know? like the web of, yes, of yeah, sourdough. Yeah. It looks a lot like that, Interesting. Think, in my opinion. And it's just like, yeah, it's really stunning, really stunning bark as it ages. Any any particular color? Ah, uh, not really. It's, it's just kind of your normal brown bark tree. Right on. Yeah, nothing too fancy with the bark. But well, that's okay. This tree is not about the bark. The, the tree does not need the bark. This is This is the nut. Of, of the whole situation. I have heard, and I disagree 
they will tell you on all the things that you can read, which mm. I have to admit, man, there are so many like trade organizations about this tree. Gah. Trade organizations. Yeah, because it's like a huge commodity nut. Oh. So there's a lot of like prideful trade organizations like we grow this hickory. Let's tell you the, the history of the hickory or of the of the pecan. I keep saying hickory because it's a hickory, but it's not a hickory, it's a pecan. You know what I mean? Well, we have to have some sort of We got it. <laughs> Continue. Some sort of, I don't know, guideline here. We, we do, you do. We I we, I need to just say pecan. Pecan. I'll say pecan as well. Okay. You say pecan. I'll say pecan. Casey. Ah! Anyway, this peanut tree is, uh, it is all about the nut. Yeah. The thing about it is that it is a long kind of, kind of bullet shaped, like little hard husk of a nut. It is very smooth on the outside and it has a very thin shell wall, which is important. It's half the reason this is such a good nut because the meat inside of it is large, like the size, not quite the size of a walnut, but like kind of on par with it. Mm -hmm. Most people have seen it. Most people have eaten it. But the shell on the outside is way thinner, and it's very like it almost looks like a space pod that you would see shot out of a spaceship, like you know, escape a, a ship that's going down. An escape pod, An yes. An escape pod. Thank you. <laughs> I I am just putting something together. Okay. That the pecan and the walnut, yeah, look like brothers yes like the actual the nut itself the nut meat yeah it's like the same shape it, it it's that they are very closely related wow yeah see there you go smash that together alex this is my big this is my big revelation of the day yeah they're all in the same family and all of the nuts to some extent uh share that same thing if you look through um, different hickories, they also kind of sometimes share it, but they're not as big, so you can't quite see the detail. Mm-hmm. The walnuts are specific. Like, they have that weird, like, brainness to them. Yeah. Pecans, a little bit less. Other hickories, even less like a brain. They look more like a little, uh, a little like, acorn knob or something mm-hmm. like that. So, but that's, that's the interesting thing that I learned is what the difference is between the walnuts and the uh, the hickories kind of at large. And it's that the walnut, it has the outer husk is created by, um, I should I should back up. Alex, they all have outer husks. Yes. Okay, so they have a they have a they have an outer husk plus they have a shell. Yes. And then there's the meat. Yes. Or the nut, I guess. Exactly. The whole thing is the nut, right? The whole thing is the nut. But here's the thing. The the actual fruit, the quote, mature ovary uh-huh. of the plant is just the hard nut. Oh, and the rest is just like extra coating. It's actually bracts that come <gasps> over. Holy shit. Yeah. So on oh the walnut, God. it's bracts and... Uh, the these like bracteoles like it's kind of a, a bunch of different parts of the flower uh-huh. are are over the top of it so a lot of people have actually said it's actually a droop fruit which it's not it's an accessory fruit because it's not a droop the entire droop is the mature ovary and there's no other flower parts around right, it. Right. Whereas an accessory fruit is when some other tissue relating to the tree, mostly it's stem tissue, 
is a part of the fleshiness. A poem is a kind of accessory fruit, according to this. So if you are looking at a walnut and you see it on a tree, it'll be covered in this big green husk. Mm -hmm. Same thing with the pecan. It'll have this very thin kind of husk that is green and it splits into four when it pops open. So the two different trees, one is only the sepals. The sepals are what do the covering on the pecan in other hickories. Yet on the walnuts, they have bracts that cover over the nut as well that then are all kind of mashed together and become that big green husk that you have to like rip open to actually get to the uh, the actual nut fruit inside. Right. Mind-blowing. I had no idea about this. What is this? Um, I see on the pecan, there's like the pecan uh, shell yeah. like inside the husk. Yes. Has like tiger, black tiger stripes. Yeah. Do we know what those are? Nah, they're just cool, bro. Okay. <laughs> These trees, as we noted, grow down this entire kind of middle America or middle of North America. Mm-hmm. They've obviously been growing there, I think for something like a hundred million years. Like they've been here for a really long time. And so, of course, all the peoples who are here have been here way before any colonists came over or explorers started, you know, coming down from Canada and trying to see what this whole place is called. They know what it's called. The name pecan or pecan actually comes from an Algonquin word that means nut that is that is required to be opened with a stone. Wow. It's like a, it, it's a, it's more of a generic term though. Oh, Isn't interesting. So a walnut could be a, a pecan. Exactly. Too. Yeah. Kind of like the way we used to use corn, uh, as a generic for any grain, like way back in like old English days, like before we, we had, uh, even found it, the, the white kind of English settlers that came over. Oh, we would call like wheat would be corn. Yeah. Any kind okay. of tiny little grain, you know, a you, quinoa would be a little piece of corn. Although that's also another, you know, new world kind of thing. So sure. Yeah, just take it for what I'm trying to get at. I, here, I understand. I understand. You. We all understand. I, I, we could go back a step further, Casey and, um, the Greeks and their use of the word Oak to mean tree. Uh, yeah, exactly. So yeah, it's the, it is just a wonderful little thing that's kept, uh, kind of kept going. And they actually also, um, treated it, they use the food or the nut, not only as food, but they'd also mash it into a powder and then ferment it into this milky drink. Wow. And it was, so it'd be like this, this kind of boozy kind of, you know, drink that they would, they would make from this. Huh. And so someone, uh, somewhere said they actually invented the first, uh, nut milk. Yes. I know. I know. Oat milk is like, uh, you know, thousands of years old, like ancient Mexicans were making oat milk. Totally. It's one of those things where like uh, if you use anything, I mean, technically you could probably consider using the acorns into that mash was probably also Mm -hmm. a a kind of, uh, of nut milk to a certain extent. They would just dry it and, you know, turn it into something else. Right. You know, I think going back in, whenever you find like this person invented this, like this is when it was invented. It's like, well, probably, I guess maybe that's the first person like wrote it down and, and made a, a a recipe for it. Right. Was it the first? Eh, I don't know. Every time someone says that, there should be an asterisk. It's just another example of the white man stealing ideas from oh, man. indigenous people. Yeah, and, and all sorts of other people. <laughs> I'll tell you why I say that, Alex. So the main thing that I kind of wanted to discuss about our pecan tree here yeah. is that the pecan tree is allegedly the the only indigenous 
a major nut crop to the United States. Oh, wow. Which is not wrong, but it's also like a very kind of particular way to say something. So the what... uh, Sorry, indigenous nut crop. Yes, meaning that the tree is indigenous to North America or the United States more specifically. And it was grown as a crop, so... Indigenous peoples had orchards of pecans. pecans? A little bit. They they did kind of way later in their time because before any settlers came through, there was just already natural groves of them kind of everywhere. Sure. Um, the native peoples of this area, which there's so many, the, the Mississauga and the Mississippi and the Algonquin and uh, Potawatomi, like every every kind of tribe or conglomeration or confederacy of tribes in this entire central area from Montreal down to Mexico mm-hmm. have some relationship with this tree, whether they actually took some seeds or some seedlings and like replanted them, which is really challenging because when they're young, they have a really deep tap root. So it's hard to transplant them because they, you damage the, the tap root. Wow. Yeah. It's how they would get down to water quickly. <gasps> wow. Cool. Yeah, but they, <laughs> I was going to say cute and, and cool, cool. <laughs> at the same time. Cool. Super cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> But yeah, it's very common with a lot of these hickories that they're just hard to transplant because they all kind of develop that taproot when they're young and then it goes away. So don't even say, everyone out there who's listening, that there are taproots on these trees. They're only on the young trees and they go away later. Oh. All trees in our northern area, for the just the general most part, most of their roots are in that top two to three feet of soil, and there's not this one big long thing like a dandelion that right. goes down. Oh, so a taproot is sort of like an umbilical cord. It like gets what it needs early on, and then it what just kind of withers away. Yeah, exactly. Or it, the wither like cut away. It off. It's kind of yeah. They just like say, and this is done, and they abort it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it just the umbilical cord, Alex. Yeah, so the the taproot goes away. So they would every now and then these you know tribes would move it around, kind of keep a tree next to their settlement. Once it was growing for maybe seven, eight, ten years, it would start to actually produce fruit. Wow, what an investment! Yeah, you gotta wait, and then they produce fruit for years and years to come. Okay, but the thing is, they they don't necessarily produce the same kind of fruit. So really similar to apples, where mm-hmm. you have an apple with a bunch of seeds in it. If you take those seeds out and you plant them, you'll get like 10 different kinds of apple trees that grow from the seeds from that one apple. Really? Yeah, they don't hold true to their fruit. What in the world? They have a huge amount of uh, genetic diversity. Wow. So if you plant one, the seeds, any of those given seeds, because they have to be cross-pollinated by another tree Uh nearby, they always get cross-pollinated and then... The the seeds could be a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, you know, the and the seeds, of course, are the nuts. That's the whole thing. So each one can be just a little bit different. Maybe the shell's a little bit thicker. Maybe it's a little bit thinner, but maybe if it's a little bit thinner, it's a smaller, you know, nut it overall. These sure. Kinds of things. But it's not going to be like, it's not going to, one year it's going to grow walnuts or something. No, yeah, yeah, not like that. It's okay. just one year uh, or one tree for the rest of its life will grow the same kind of things, but there's a lot of variability in the size. So oh, okay. if you are, say, a, uh, a new person who's come to this world and you're saying, wow, I really want to grow these 
tree nuts because they're delicious, but I, of course, want the biggest, the best, and I want them to have very thin shells so we can get through to the nut really easier, the meat, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You want to have consistency, right? Mm -hmm. But that is the thing. They never really had consistency. Okay. As we've said before, diversity is mm-hmm. important. It is. To survival. It's, which is the subject of what we're going to talk about next, Alex. Wow, look at that. So this is a tree that you you kind of hit the nail on the head talking about genetic diversity, where years ago there was this guy who loved it. He he moved to uh, the United States. Not Yeah, I guess it was to the United States um, from England, and his name is E.E. E. Risen, R-I-S-I-E-N. Okay. E.E. was a old-fashioned kind of kind of person. I think it was like in the late 1870s, came to Texas, mm. saw this tree, and was like, oh, my God, this tree's incredible. What is this tree? And they said, oh, it's a pecan tree. You know, we, we grow it here. You know, it grows all over the place. There's one over there. But then what he saw is that at this point, no one really cared about the trees. It's a very classic um kind of problem with not just American uh, colonialism, it's just colonialism everywhere. They would destroy the cultures and the cultural things in order to make way for the the culture that they're promoting. Yeah. A lot of times you'd be destroying, you know, all the prairies and all these things to plant crops Mm. or for land for cattle and things like that. Um, we talked about it during the Oaks episode where uh, the, or, or not the Oregon white Oak, the white Oak, just plain and simple, where you had these two people who really valued one thing, but for completely different reasons. And so one, there's like, yeah, we value to cut it down. The other said, oh, we value this because it's up and live and producing these things. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the pecan is that the native peoples who had lived in this area for thousands of years, just, you know, you go outside in the fall and you collect all these pecans and they're delicious and you have a great time. You make them into all sorts of different foods food items. Then you had the settlers come over and they were like, we don't really care about these nut trees. We're going to grow cattle. So they would end up cutting them down. Uh, But they would also like get, get a a little bit like, Oh, these nuts are actually really good, but (laughs) I don't know how to get, you know, all the nuts from this giant tree. So what, what's their solution to, to that problem? Cut, cut down the tree. the tree. Cut the tree down to get that year's harvest of nuts. Oh my god! It boggles the mind. That is the most <laughs> short-sighted solution I've ever heard. It's of. exactly one of these things I was reading. Uh, literally said that they're like, well, uh, people were a little more more short-sighted back then. And I guess so. Yeah. Holy shit! Here's what you do: you get a baseball, which yeah. was new at the time, mm-hmm. and you throw it up into the tree. Yeah, there and you, you knock go. a few down. You do that like with fifty guys, yeah. right? Yeah. Everybody's throwing baseballs at this tree. And now it's a game. Yeah, and I'm having a good time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, we're playing old pecan ball. I think that'd be a great way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. So that is, it's like one of these sad things. Wow. You're just like, you shake your head. But apparently there used to be groves, mm. especially down in the Southwest where they, to this day, Texas and Georgia are like the biggest producers, Louisiana, Alabama, like they all along that area produce huge amounts of uh, pecans because these trees just grow all over the place. Yeah. And so they grow very well once they learned how to actually graft the best trees onto other trees. And this is kind of interesting. It turns out that initially the very first 
the very first successful graft, lots of people tried. Everyone failed except for an enslaved person named Antoine in Louisiana. Wow. Antoine was the very first person to successfully do what's called a bud graft, where you take a bud from tree A that you really like, uh-huh. and you put it into the bud area of a tree B that is very strong and robust, you know, has a good root system. And then when that bud grafts and takes, then you get a new shoot that comes out and becomes the actual fruit producing, uh, branch and then you cut off all the other branches from this tree so you just have that one thing now you have a grafted tree with robust good root stock but also has the characteristics in the fruit that you want up above so that that tr- that new shoot yeah is tree a yes it's tree a's shoot correct so once you cut everything else away and it grows new, more new shoots. Uh-huh. Will that now be tree? It'll all be tree A. Yeah, and you just keep the tree B shoots either completely cut off, cut off all the time, or a lot of times the tree just heals over and it just puts all its energy into one, and you just have a normally grafted tree. Wow! And if you drive through New Mexico, you can see this. It's mind blowing because you have like trees that have a certain shape and size at the bottom, mm-hmm. and then there's like this whoop and they change texture and shape where the graft is. Yeah. You can see it on cherry trees. You name the kind of tree that's being planted outside your yard right now. Mm-hmm. They all have this graft because a lot of times it's just the most common way to do it these days. Wow. So Antoine. Antoine crushed it. And wow. depending on what source you read, it said, oh, it was, uh, it was the very first one was found or was done successfully on a plantation in Louisiana. And there's a like the Wikipedia and some other places uh, are are good enough that they actually say yes by an enslaved person mm-hmm. specifically, and it made me wonder. We can't even begin to touch the subject um, of how many things were done by enslaved people or just by uh, women, women, you know? Yeah. And then the man or the group or whatever kind of did. It's like you come up with Snoopy, the character, and then Disney says, we came up with this. And it's kind of like, oh, that was... That was mine. I did that. And the actual person gets erased from the history of that. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, it's, I I was really happy to read that and see that several sources, you know, said, no, 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 it was this particular person. That's surprising. Yeah. And that was in like 1846, I think. Oh, wow. So fast forward about 30 years, this guy uh, who we're talking about, this E.E. Risen, he loved these trees so much. And so he started to, to do this bud grafting when he found this one tree, when he did, he basically he said, I want everyone to bring me the best pecans right now. Mm. They all made this first, like they called the first conference, <laughs> which is, you know, I don't know if he was like, let's have a conference on this. Or if he was just like, everybody bake your best pecan pie, bring it over to my house. And then when I choose which one's best, I'm going to go try and find the tree that you made it from. I imagine, <laughs> I laugh imagining him being like, everybody bring me the best pecans you, you find. And then he just, he's just like, all right, thank you. And then just starts eating all of them. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of, I think what he did. Everyone's just batedly waiting for what he's going to say. <laughs> so there's nothing more. He just wanted to eat some pecans. All right, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> Please leave. <laughs> leave me to my projects. Uh, just getting fat and happy down there in Hell Texas. Hell yeah. Well, it turns out. Oh, I want some pecans now. Dude, me too. And you know what, Alex? We mm. should go across the street, get some pecans, and roast them up with some little sugar and a little pecan pecans. I'd love to. All right. We'll make sure we do that. But before we do, we have to talk about how they got there. Because 
they started to graft these pecans. He had to learn how to graft trees together because he planted over a thousand of the this mother tree is what they call it. Mm-hmm. He found this tree. This person was like, here are the best nuts. And they had this really thin shell. They're really big. They were the perfect nut. And he went and said, show me the tree that this comes from. I took him out to the tree and the whole thing had been hacked completely down oh. because in order for that guy to get those pecans to give to him, he cut off all but one branch of the entire tree. And the only reason he didn't cut that last one is because he was standing on it to get to the other branches. God dang. <laughs> Isn't that hilarious though? Fucking fool. Well, apparently the tree's okay. It's grown back and Good. they call it the mother tree. It's in San Sabo, Texas. Oh, I think it's is still the name there? of it. San Sabo, excuse me. Wonderful. I think it's still there, but I haven't, I, it, I've looked and I've heard of people going down there. I see pictures, but I can't really, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It looks like it is still there. If here's my request. If any Texan listeners know where this tree is and know yeah. that it exists, go please go. Well, I'm going to go a step further. Casey, Oh, please go collect some of these pecans. Yes. And send them to us. Yes. It's on, it's on, I think Millican property now It's Millican pecan. Oh, because Millican. this guy ended up buying that tree, buying the land that was on and then started trying to graft it. And, even though Antoine gets the credit for the very first improved pecan, mm-hmm. ever since this guy started doing it, he like jump started it in Texas and started doing it in crossbreeding with other trees that he calls father trees. I see. And started trying to develop what is now hundreds of different cultivars of pecans and some grow certain ways here some are more disease resistant in this place and some are more disease resistant in this other place some like to grow up here some down here now they're in australia some grow down further in mexico than they've ever grown bit of a pecan magnate exactly he really is he's a rockefeller of pecans wow so they ended up making this huge like investment in all these different trees and what is ironic about this and that is ironic about all these tree improvement programs Mm -hmm. is that they select for things that are good for humans but not necessarily good for the tree oh okay well so if uh, maybe a thin shell yeah is good it's good for us because it means that we get to crack into it easier but for the tree is that unhealthy? Well, it could be unhealthy. It could make it easier for uh, disease to get in, for instance. Right. And there's a big thing called pecan scab, which uh, uh. affects a lot of these trees. I know. Isn't that like just a, such a rough name? Terrible. Yeah. So that causes, you know, a lot of stress to the tree, which reduces the size of it. And now, of course, they have a lot of different varieties that make big nuts, but are resistant in certain places sure. to this disease. But The thing is, whenever you choose a certain trait for a given thing, that trait then is on X amount of chromosomes, you know, or Mm -hmm. maybe it's on, it's, it's on one chromosome, but you can't select necessarily without doing like really intense genetic things. If you're just doing the crossbreeding, like what we were talking about earlier, yeah, all you're doing is taking the mother tree with these thin shell, big nuts, and you're taking the father tree, which also hopefully has similar traits. You breed those together and then the produced offspring hopefully has shared traits. 
big nuts, shells that are thin, <laughs> big trees, disease resistance, things like this, right? I'm sorry. I'm, I know I'm 33 years old. <laughs> oh, you're talking about big nuts, Alex. So anytime anybody says big nuts, I'm it's, like, that's kind of funny. Yeah, it's like whenever someone says 69, you have to like obligatorily say nice. nice. Yeah. I'm not one of these. Hot. I'm not one of these <laughs> men that never matured past thirteen. Yeah, okay, that's I know fair, plenty yeah. of those. I'm yeah. not that, but still, big nuts make me laugh. <laughs> say it loud. Say it proud, Alex. <laughs> say it. You got this. Well, that is the thing. So it's it's essentially whenever you choose a certain trait, you <clears> are <throat> also choosing a bunch of other things that are kind of on that that list of traits. Sure. You know? So they do this, and then if you keep doing this, and you keep doing this, and then you do this grafting, then you're not getting any genetic diversity. So for instance, um, they, from this one mother tree, the, the San Saba mother pecan, they get Liberty, uh, I'm sorry, it's called Liberty Bond, Jersey, number 60, San Saba improved, Texas prolific, and the internationally famous Western Schlee. These are species of, uh, or varieties of These are varieties, of yeah. These are okay. cultivars, yeah. Okay. So with What those, was that last one? Uh, it's called uh, Western Schlee, which Schlee? is S-C-H-L-E-Y. <laughs> it might be pronounced Schlee. I'm not Schlee. sure. So that is, it's, it's, it's one of those things where now you have this apple scab this kind of coming through it's affecting all these different trees it's not a complete just you apple know, thing scab. sorry oh my gosh a pecan scab thank you and so it, they have like these different you know resistances to these to these things and it makes me just kind of cringe a little bit how how we humans take something that's so good it's growing everywhere it's got all this natural variation and it's looking really good and you can walk through groves of these naturally growing we cut down a bunch of them out of just lack of foresight and understanding Mm -hmm. and really just not caring and just probably a little bit of aggravation then we choose the best ones that are left and we just go all in on those exact ones. If I take buds from one tree and graft them onto a bunch of other trees, now all those trees are genetically clones from the first tree. Yeah. So same thing with apples, with bananas. We do this with just about every kind of thing that that we can graft, really. It gives you wildly consistent fruit and seeds, but it also puts all of your eggs into one basket. Yeah. So then, of course, you have to start adding these herbicides or rather fungicides and, uh, and things like that. And that's when you find yourself in this like thing where you've invested you know, acres upon acres of land, millions of dollars to grow these trees and these orchards. And so you can't just say, well, I'm going to start over. That's just, that's completely infeasible. But that means then you have to start using all these big sprays and it becomes this way bigger operation. And if you use organic stuff, you're still using these sprays. If you don't use organic stuff, then you're just throwing pesticides out there all over these things. So it creates these like really harsh conditions but it's just to get that big nut, Alex. He says with a straight face. <laughs> <laughs> you so, know, th- yeah. this is this is very reminiscent to me of like um, the 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 met the medical the Western medical system. Oh which is yeah, like, yeah. I have high blood pressure. Okay, so I'm going to start taking high blood pressure medicine. Yeah, but 
that the one of the side effects of the high blood pressure medicine is headaches. Uh huh. So I have to start taking a headache medicine. But one of the side effects of that medicine that medicine is that it makes me pee a lot. Yeah. So I have to take a pill that makes me pee less. Oh, but God. a side effect of that medicine is high blood pressure. Is high blood pressure. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to double my dosage. So it's like yeah. It, in 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 an effort to like fix something, you're causing several other problems that you then have to fix. Yeah. But by fixing those, you're causing, it's like a Hydra effect. Yeah. You're causing yeah. several more problems per problem. Yes. I, that is like so accurate, I think. When if we had just like said, hey, this is a delicious nut. Sometimes they're a little bit tougher to get into. Sometimes yeah. they're a little bit easier. Let's just grow a bunch of this. Uh, let's just let it, let's just let it grow on its own and yeah. harvest them. And that is so true, Alex. Mm. That is, yeah, that's a, it's a little mix of capitalism. It's a little mix of industry, which is, you know, a lot of mix of capitalism. Yeah. Um, but I think that's like the perfect example uh, that you just provided. Like, we just have to keep on doing this. And rather than just saying, hey, I'm just going to have this, this other one. It's just a little bit smaller nut. Yeah. Casey, that was our discussion of the pecan. A cool story, I would say. It's an interesting tree. About a big nut. And like we do every episode, we're going to review this tree, but we're going to do so after a quick break. We'll be right back with more Completely Arbitrary. Welcome back to Completely Arbitrary. You've heard our discussion on the pecan, the pecan, the pecan. Now you're going to hear our review Here's how it works. We're going to give some final thoughts about this tree and give it a rating of 0 to 10. Golden, sweet, sweet poems. I was going to say, oh my God. Of honor. And in honor of trees and zedings. Casey, as our resident uh, uh, pecan grafter, Uh, we'll begin with you. Okay, thank you. It's better than being a pecan grifter. Here is uh, the thing about this tree. Mm-hmm. I really love it. Cool. I generally am a harsh critic of many trees. Yeah. Admittedly so. We've been on a roll of a lot of pretty good trees, which is probably going to be something that I have to editorially fix about this podcast, is that I feel like we should... I think it would be more native and natural if everybody in the world said do this tree. And then we just did that tree. We didn't like choose which trees we're going to do. And I say this, Alex, because oftentimes I choose trees and I'm like, Oh, I really want to talk about that tree. And I'm already stoked about it. And that tends to lead me away from trees that I don't really want to talk about. Sure. So our numbers are all skewed kind of on a higher thing. Yeah. Unless I have a bone to pick with the tree. And then I like choose that tree just to be like, you suck. I'm going to do an entire episode about how I hate you because I am rage fueled right now. But it's rare that we do an episode about a tree that sucks where where the point of the episode isn't to say that that tree sucks. Exactly. Yes. So even so having said that, uh, the, I, I really picked up on that here with this tree, but yeah. also cinnamon and also all the other trees that we've done recently. Yeah. They're all, it's all been like, you know, sevens and eights and, and nines and like high numbers. But I'll right? say also as podcasters, we want to talk about things that we like to talk about. Exactly. And, <laughs> and so it gives us, you know, yeah, our audience also really wants to hear it. So right. 
I have to give the pecan like a 9.5. It's a killer tree. Yeah. The only thing that I really found uh, in terms of like what's wrong with the tree is that it's hard to transplant and sure. it has this pecan scab disease. Other than that, it doesn't really have anything that's wrong with it like yeah it doesn't cause any huge crazy uh ecological disasters anywhere that i can see mm-hmm. maybe there's a looming one in terms of like the the some disease is inevitably going to come and destroy all of the the cultivars because they came from like one tree kind of thing okay but that's not necessarily going to take all the rest of the really you know diverse populations of these trees also there is this whole thing about the pecans being delicious. Yeah. They're the biggest of all of the uh, hickories. And I don't think they're the biggest. I think the black walnut can actually get a little bit bigger. These get like four feet in diameter, 150 feet tall. I think the black walnut kind of just is kind of like would edge that out on, okay. on a couple different levels. So I'm just like... I love the pecans. I remember when I was in North Carolina, I would walk down the road and they would fall like just, just in the middle of fall, you know, you'd be like, Oh, there's bacon. All right. I'd pick it up and I just smash it open right next to like wow. this brick wall. And then I would just pick it out and eat it. And it was delicious. And it was Amazing. just falling and hitting me in the head as I'm walking home from class, a gift from nature, a gift from nature. And then on top of that, uh, like they're just such gorgeous trees. Mm-hmm. Like they are this big round, gorgeous globes. They grow down in these like lowland areas. They're just, they're majestic in every regard. And I think that I just can't say bad things about them. I think they're great. I just, I really like pecans of all the nuts. They are my favorite. Wonderful. I, I, I think wow. I, would, I think I would say that. That's a, that's an impressive feat. Yeah, it really is. And they, they do it. I don't buy them as often cause they're really expensive. Really expensive. Oh, man, I just love them. I don't know how I feel about pecan pie. I really don't think I've ever had too many. Really? Yeah. yeah earlier, so. you seemed to be defending it. Or maybe you just thought I liked pecan pie. I Well, I know it's because I thought that you really liked it. So that's half the reason you wanted to do it during oh, our treasons eatings. okay. Because it's a very, it comes in the fall. And so then it is a big, like, uh, like harvest time winter time kind of thing yeah yeah so i thought that you had some personal thing with it so that's why you really wanted to do it not necessarily gotcha right 9.5 golden poems of honor that's right for the pecan from dandrologist casey clap that's right now alex is our resident many opinionated faced man Mm. what do you think uh it's an it's a knockout it's a home run really for sure what obviously it's not obvious tell us why it's a it's it's a big tree okay it's got notable elements from its leaves to its bark okay it's not it doesn't really have to me it doesn't really have a utility element Mm, yeah i think that's fair uh, we didn't talk about the flower, though. Oh, we honestly don't care. Don't even worry about it. All the right. flower is just there to put the sepals on the outside, which are bracted kind of things that are the husk. Very fair. The rest of it, they're they're like so inconceivably boring that you don't even they don't even matter. That's very Handmaid's Tale of you, Casey. <laughs> wow, how is that? Just is, is that your your flower is so inconceivably boring? The flower is only there for the fruit, you know. <laughs> oh, geez, the woman right. is only there for the. There's male flowers too. And they also are boring. <laughs> <laughs> but a fruit is mature ovary. Oh man, yeah, this is going to be like the the Handmaid's Tale, but also with dogs. <laughs> 
I love it. I uh, I like pecan pie. I'm not like super crazy about it. I'll eat it for sure. Okay. But more so, I just like a nice roasted or raw pecan. Uh, yeah. They're just like, give pecan. me a bag and just let me sit on the couch and watch some movies and eat pecans. Yeah, I think. Yeah. That sounds like a wonderful night. It really does. Um, I'm going to give this tree. This is going to seem low. Okay. 8.5. 8.5. Yeah. Why is it low? Why is 8.5 low? No. Well, yeah. Why is that? Well, why is it not higher? I think is a better question. You could ask yourself, does Alex, is Alex rating it under nine so that he doesn't have to go get his melodica and play the theme song? <laughs> I don't know. It's right behind you. No. Oh, man. <laughs> and you know no, what? No, I don't know. 8.5 <laughs> feels more solid than nine to me right Ooh, now. Okay, nine is a little fair. bit. Nine plus, I feel like we're putting things up on a pedestal a uh, little bit and I don't love pecans enough to put them up on that pedestal. I see. Mango, peach, sure. Yeah, you'll get their chocolate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. gotcha. But gotcha. pecans, a little less glamorous. Uh, I see. Yeah, the glamour factor isn't there. This For is, sure. It's like, um, it's, it's, it's like Levi Strauss jeans. This is a, exactly, Casey, yeah. this is a blue collar tree. It's great. It's like a cast iron pan, but it's, you know, it's no 10-star restaurant. Exactly. I see. All right. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So I'm going to give it an 8.5. Casey, that was our review of the pecan tree. It's time for a game. Here's here's something that happened this weekend at Trivia Night. This, this uh, was it Alyssa from Vermont? Yeah, I think so. She straight up told me, hey, I miss when you guys play more games. Oh. Um. And it really, it really shook me, Case. I see. Okay. And I was like, you know, the hardest part's coming up with them, and I came up with a good one today. You sure did. You told me about it at the beginning. I have been dreading it this whole time. <laughs> Wonderful. This is Strange Arbiculture. It is named out. It's based on a video game. Yeah. Strange Horticulture yep. that I played for Arbitrary Plus live streams. Right. If you want to watch those live streams, join the Arbitrary Plus tier at patreon.com slash arbitrary pod. Uh-huh. Here's how it works, Casey. Let's do this. You, Casey Clapp, okay. own a quaint little tree store. Okay. We'll call it a little nursery. It's a busy Sunday during the holiday season. You have customers coming in from all over the United States looking for your expertise. Gotcha. Each customer Mm -hmm. will come in and ask you for a recommendation on a tree. Okay. They each have different needs and different uh, backstories, Mm -hmm. and they all live in different places. Okay. So all these things should play into your decision of what tree to sell them. Okay, Casey, because you have so many customers, you can only spend a couple minutes with each one. Okay. So for each customer, I will be setting an alarm, a timer rather, for one minute and 30 seconds. Okay. You have that much time to make the sale. 30 seconds. One minute, 30 seconds? One minute, 30 seconds. Okay, sounds good. Help me, JK. Okay. The shop is now open. Hi. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Just doing great. Very slammed today. Yeah. Looking it looks look- really busy in here. Thank I love you. it. Yeah. Honestly, it's just, it's, this is what we want. And you know, a good day is a good day. That's great. <laughs> well, I'm looking for a tree. Okay. <laughs> what, can we, what kind? Um, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Well, what kind of place do you have? What, uh, what are you looking for? Tell me about, tell me what your, your goals are for this tree. Well, my, I want 
basically I have a new son-in-law. Ah, yeah. And he's so bright and wonderful. I really want to impress him. He's an arborist. Ooh. And um, we live in Idaho. Idaho. Yeah. Beautiful place. Near Boise. Near Boise. So kind of the central southern-ish area. It's a little drier there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I suppose so. I see, yeah. But he's from he's from the East Coast. Ah, uh, yeah. So maybe something that from the East Coast. Got I don't a little know. flair to it. Yeah, How I just you... want to impress him because he knows a lot about trees. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like this idea. I think this is gonna be this is gonna work out really well. So, um, an arborist. How uh-huh. old is your son-in-law? Thirty-five. Thirty-five. Mm-hmm. So okay. Now is he an arborist who? Really likes likes trees, or is he an arborist who just wants to cut them down? Oh, he loves trees. Ah, all right. Yeah. I think I have the perfect tree for you. How do you take your coffee? Uh, with cream and sugar. Ah, well, I have a tree that will give you coffee, cream, and sugar. It's called the Kentucky Coffee Tree. Wow. I'll take it. Great. Casey. I, I take the Kentucky coffee tree and I walk out and I forget to pay. Whoops. Oh, no. I forget to pay. I can't right? believe that. Swiped my Kentucky coffee tree <laughs> seeds. Well, fine. But you have too many customers in the store to come after me. I, yeah, so I just don't care. Yeah, that okay, sucks. Okay, fine. Well, Sorry. the Kentucky coffee tree grows well in drier situations like mm-hmm. Boise. Also is an eastern tree that is kind of known but under the radar. There you go. So Great the, tree. That's a great selection. Casey. Excellent. I'm sure that customer was very, it's very the pleased. espresso variety. Hmm. Mm. Okay. Mm. Is that a joke? No, there's actually, it's a, it is, there's a cultivar called espresso. Really? Yeah. How yeah. fun. Yeah, it's pretty great. All right, Casey, you ready for your next customer? All right, I'm ready. How are you doing? Oh, I'm pretty good. Oh, gosh. Are you, are you a smoker? Excuse me? No, sorry. I, it's incredibly <laughs> rude. Can I help you with anything today? I'm recovering from throat cancer. What the <laughs> fuck? I'm so sorry. Uh, do you still want to buy a tree for me? Yeah, I guess so. All right. I apologize profusely. Also, can I get you anything to help with that? Well, here's the deal. Okay. I live in Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I want something. I love to. I love to cook and eat. And I yeah. have a big garden. Okay, that sounds beautiful. But I want a nice tree in the in the center of the garden that grows something that I can eat. Ah, what's your favorite style of food? I love Taiwanese food. Taiwanese and food. Vietnamese. I see. And Thai. In Vietnamese and Thai. Okay. This yeah. sounds like you could get some pretty good stuff. Now, here's what I'm going to I love suggest. Southeast Asian cuisine in general. Oh, my God. But I have some eating restrictions. All right. What are they? Uh, I can't eat. I'm gluten-free. Okay. And uh, I'm allergic to nuts. Ah, I have the perfect tree for you. What is it? It is the persimmon. Dios Pyros khaki. Okay. Now, here's the thing. Uh-huh. Uh, they are a favorite cuisine. They are sweet. They have just the right amount of texture. And as soon as they're ripe, right about now or right about a couple weeks ago in fall, you slice them open and you can spread them out and you have what feels like a tropical fruit in Seattle. That sounds pretty good. Thanks. You're welcome, my friend. Now, before you go, that is $10.50. Okay. Here, can I swipe? 
I would prefer if you just uh, just push it. What is it that you just uh, tap? You do the, yeah, tap it, please. Thank okay. you. Okay, I've never done this before. It's all right. You know what? You, oh, you're good to go. Thanks, my daughter though. told me about Apple Pay. Do you do that? We don't. Do I have to set that up on my phone? Yeah, you oh, should God. call your daughter. <laughs> all right, Casey. Good recommendation. Oh my God, that was gonna be that's that was a good one. It was close though because you offended him early I did. on. Yeah, it actually took away like 20 seconds of my time. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna do that next time. <laughs> Shit. Good idea. <laughs> Someone else walks in my store. Hey, are you okay? Uh, wh- why Why did you ask that? Are you ready for your next customer, oh Casey? Oh, my God, yes. I'm, I'm like doing better than I thought I was. I was really panicking about this. <laughs> You're also, you, so far, both, both customers, you come in just under the wire, which yes. is really exciting. Yeah, cool. Okay. All right. Ready, Case? Uh, yeah, I'm ready. Hmm. Hi there. Hello there, my friend. How are, you, how are you? What can I do for you? <laughs> well, I'm looking for a tree. I assume I'm in the right place. You, you sure are. You Maybe, sure are. I got to work. Hold on. I'm going to pause it. I got to work into it a little bit. Sugar mutt. Okay. <laughs> I'm looking for a tree and I'm hoping I'm in the right place. <laughs> you sure are. What can I, what can I do for you? What kind? What kind of uh, what kind of tree are you looking for? I think friend? I'll use my West Coast accent from yeah, now on, okay. if you don't mind. No, not at all. This is a free place. <clears throat> so I am from uh, I'm from Georgia. Okay, all right. But I just I met I met a man who lives in Maine. Yeah, online dating. And I know. I get it. I get it. Not just for young people. Yeah, yeah. And I fell in love, and I've moved up there, and. He has a this big yard. Congratulations! Thank you so much. We we're we're so happy. Yeah. He has this big yard, uh-huh. but I I just miss I miss my home. I miss Georgia. Yeah. And I would love something to remind me of my home. Okay. I I think that there's a lot of options for you here. Okay. So oh the f- here's here's the no- one more caveat. Excuse me. Go for it. I'm I'm ex- I'm so broke. We just spent so much money moving. Yeah, yeah. And I just had an unforeseen dental bill that I wasn't planning on paying. Oh my gosh. Um. I'm fine. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna um, ask. But you know it it, it have to it has to be cheap. All right. Red maple. That's the answer for you. Grows everywhere. It's beautiful. It will shine in the fall. Wow. And. They're dirt cheap. Pennies on the dollar. I'll take two. (laughs) All right. That's a sale, man. (laughs) I have never once recommended a red maple. That's the only time. Wow. Yeah. I was trying to think of a tree that would grow really well in the south, but also the north, and it sure will. That's great. Yeah. You just got to buy the southern or the northern variety to plant in the north. Okay. To be clear. But it would it would, it would would remind you of the southern it variety? It would, yeah. It absolutely would, yeah. They look exactly the same, except one is like, oh, great. The, it's this time in spring, I can put out my leaves. Mm-hmm. The other one is like, oh, it's this time in spring, I am still sleeping for another four weeks. I see. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of thing. Clever. Yeah. Good job. Oh, my gosh. Is that it? All Casey, three? the store is closed. Oh, my God. I made two sales. One was my cheapest trees the other is a medium tree that's great and i got one tree pilfered yeah well I'm sorry about that hey that's the way it goes Modern i don't i don't commerce, think she i don't think she meant to she'll come back in and she'll be like oh my god i can't believe i did this totally that's to- gonna be great yeah I, I i look forward to her to her return tomorrow the karma is gonna all come back around for sure yeah how much fun alex <laughs> i like that game that's so hard i'm happy that you got to come up with these kind of situations because i'm like oh my goodness 
that it's terrifying. Like yeah, we, we well, get a lot of questions like this in real life. It's true, Casey. And it's part of what inspired it. Oh, you, you did a great job. Thank you, Alex. That was that was strange arboriculture. Casey, it's time for a completely arbitrary Q and A. Let's do it. We have a special one this oh, week, Case. That we do. This week's question is from Angie Smith. Now, Angie has been listening since day one. Yes. She supports us on Patreon. Yep. She supports me on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a a a uh, huge. What was I going to say? A bastion. A gem of the person. A stalwart. <laughs> a stalwart of this podcast. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, really supports everything we do. Is that the right word? I'm not sure it is. All right. Well, we mean to say that sh- she's well, very supportive of what st- we're doing. Sorry, stalwart is good. Stalwart supporters like a never, never say die, you know? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh, well, that, that she certainly is. Yeah. Um, last Christmas, Angie sent us a, a gift box hmm. with a bunch of goodies from uh, where she lives, which I will not. I will not divulge. That's very true. Uh, and she sent us a big gift box box this Christmas. Oh my so gosh. a huge full of love shout out to Angie. Thank you so much, Angie. Yeah. Thank you, Angie. It just had so many cool goodies in it. Casey, yeah. what are you holding there? I, I'm holding Deer Haven herb and flower farm, a Bonnie Dune glycerin soap, citrus blossom. It's so good. It smells amazing. Oh my gosh. She sent us mushroom glasses, Some cool stickers, uh, like a drink glass, not like, bifocals uh hand towels with with big redwoods on big them? redwoods printed on them oh but the redwood is uh the foliage are all animals that's right oh, it's so it's nice little detail um what else oh oils different kinds of infused oils and vinegars yeah it's it's like it's so much where you're just like this is out of out of the blue beyond the pale it's just it's incredible yeah. such a sweet gift so thank you very much yeah thank you angie this was this really made our day it made it made our week oh, we had yeah. we had a lot of fun unwrapping all of this together we definitely did and it's we we've never asked for anything other than of course sending us pecans or syrup every now and then uh so <laughs> and, yeah, but man the community this happens uh every now and then you know someone reaches out and says hey i gotta send you guys something and we're just so tickled that you guys are just so inspired by our show and what we're talking about to send us over something so we're just you know it's it's one of those things where we're so happy to do this for you and then every now and then when we get something back that's so personal and sweet we're always just like oh, yeah well, this is nice yeah and there, it included a really nice letter to both of us yes. that really really honestly uh, uh touched us it really did it, it really was did. great it's it's nice to be reminded you know, we work pretty hard on this podcast, mm-hmm. and it's nice to be reminded, as we often are, that it means something to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is good. So really thank you, Angie. Keeps us going, for sure. That's true. So Angie sent in a question. Okay. And here's the question, Casey. Yeah. A couple months ago, I was up at Base Big Basin Redwood State Park. Big Basin Redwood State Park, okay. Which recently reopened after a major wildfire. Yeah. Almost all of the Douglas firs were not salvageable. Oh. So most were cut down. Out of all the felled firs, this one caught my eye. I've never seen this before. What the hell is going on here? Looks like smaller trees or maybe limbs somehow contained within the larger tree. Seriously, what the fuck? Much love, Angie. <laughs> I love that. The seriously, what the fuck? Much love. So, oh, Casey's done done something he's never done before. Excuse me, Alex. He brought his microphone over to my computer Just to look at this. Looking over your shoulder here. <laughs> Don't look at my bank statements. Yeah, but now I'm like, I feel like I'm, I can sing doo-wop a little bit, you know? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. So this photo that Angie uh, included, I will post this on the Instagram post for today's episode. It is the cross section of a big Douglas fir. Um, I would I would say from the photo, maybe four feet in diameter. Yeah, something like that. Maybe yeah, three or four. It's it's huge. It's a big big boy. Yeah, it's a big boy. And inside this cross section, you can see what looks sort of like knots in yeah. wood, but they look just like the stems of uh, the cross section of the stems of smaller trees. Yeah, like all enveloped in the in this this cross section. Kind yeah, of thing. yeah. It almost looks like a. Um, like a cross section of okra or something oh, where it has yeah, these three okay. little like holes, yeah, you know, I, or I tomato, you know, yeah, definitely. Um, Casey, what's going on here? Well, this is, this is great. Actually. I loved, I, I think I actually replied back to this, um, this question uh, directly, uh, one time. And this is a, uh, this is fun because that is other old branches from that tree that it's essentially cut through where those branches started at some point, you know, let's say when the tree was four inches in diameter, those branches popped, those little buds burst open and you saw new little branchlets come out, Mm -hmm. maybe six inches long, a millimeter thick, those tiny little twigs, right? Then every single year, those branches grow out from the tips and get just a little bit longer, a little bit longer, but they don't grow from the base like grass does, of course. Trees always grow from the outer tip. So you have the branch grows out six inches, then from the very end of that six inches, the next bud pops, and then it grows another six inches, you know, mm. so on and so forth every year. It but also, that original that original limb keeps growing. Exactly, it keeps okay. growing from the tip, so it yeah, doesn't yeah, it doesn't yeah. get longer. As in your your finger, if you move your arm away from your body, it's as if your arm is growing from the shoulder out. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, this would be as if your arms are just out perfectly, and then from the tip of your middle finger grows another middle finger, and it grows out there from the next middle finger, you know, and so on and so forth. Got it. I don't know if that's the best description, but eh, there we, it there works. We go. <laughs> Essentially, uh, trees don't grow from the base. They always grow new sections from the tip. Wherever a thing is, it stays there forever, and then the tree expands around it. Okay. So what happened here is you had a branch that grew when the tree was really small. Mm-hmm. That branch, every single year, the tips grew a little bit longer, and the stem around those branches, like the actual branch, uh, the branch diameter itself got bigger and bigger and bigger every year. So the arm of this, the branch physically got longer. It put on a new layer of wood, not not longer. The branch got physically larger. It put on a new layer of wood and grew in diameter. At the same time, the main stem Mm. was growing in diameter. And the way trees work is that the branch grows out first, then the stem grows out second. And then they just build these layers where you have like one grows a little bit bigger, then the other grows out a little bit. Then one grows a little bit bigger, then the other grows a little bit out. Okay. So you end up getting this like triangle look of it. So if you cut directly through a branch, like you literally cut the branch off, you cut horizontally straight through where those branches were. Mm-hmm. You could follow that branch getting smaller and smaller in diameter all the way back to the very middle of the tree where it initially started. Wow. Then each tree uh, ring grows out and gets bigger and bigger and bigger from the center of that tree. So I know this sounds confusing, but with that picture, 
those are branches that have been enveloped by the main stem of the tree as the tree grew out and got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So it's not like the the branches are growing on the outside of the main stem. Correct. It is that they are growing out of the wood, but then the main stem is also growing out. Yeah. So it eats up a little bit of the branch. Yeah. But the branch is also growing outward, so it doesn't look like it's eating it. Exactly. It looks like it's all growing at one at one relative pace. Yeah. The very base of that branch has been enveloped every year since the very beginning. Wow. Okay. So now there's just like maybe three or four feet of layers of wood each one has grown a little bit further out from the very middle of the tree, which means each year it goes a, maybe a, a quarter of an inch further out on that branch than another quarter of an inch. Every ring extends a little bit further down that branch. So how, how do I guess like I, I haven't seen this before? Yeah. Well, you have. Anytime you've seen a knot. You That's may, what you that may, is? Yes, it's exactly okay. what that is. So there's two different kinds of knots. One is a, a tight knot where the wood of the branch grows out, then the wood of the stem grows out around it. Okay. But everything is, is growing out against each other, so they are very tightly bound and pressured, <clears> so they <throat> all hold each other in very, very tightly. Mm-hmm. It's all interconnected. But then if that branch dies and the tree is still growing out, but that branch is not growing out in diameter, then the bark of the branch now no longer grows and that kind of connection is broken. So then the tree, the big stem of the tree, as it grows out, it then envelops the rest of that branch like it's a wound. And so it gets literally covered over as if it gets uh, kind of um, taken within the tree as the tree grows out and kind of like a blob just kind of goes and covers over the top of it. Uh-huh. The bark reconnects and then the trees like is like that branch never existed. Wow! But it did exist and it's inside and you have this living, 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 then you have dead, dead, dead within layers of wood mm-hmm. as a tree grows out. The loose knot is the one that covers up that old barked kind of dead end of the branch and that section is only called loose because the branch wasn't growing outwards. So it wasn't putting the same pressure on that the uh, that the main tree was before when it was both when they were both growing, kind of reconnecting with each other. So it's a little bit complicated. Wow. Uh, guess what? There's a great video on my Instagram that I can share. Wow. Also. And that will show this because I actually saw an example of this when I was chopping wood and I chopped into the wood, opened it up, and you could see exactly the point where the the branch died because you could see it very, very tight, very, very tight. Then all of a sudden it stopped and you saw bark and then the bark started to get enveloped. I when, saw this, yeah. Yeah, when both things are alive the bark moves outwards from the tree and outwards from the branch at the same time every year or very, very close to the same time. So the bark layer never changes. But then as soon as the branch dies, the bark on the branch stops growing, but the bark on the stem of the big tree continues to grow. So then it starts to cover it over and you can see that transition in this video. Sweet. So in this case, that photo is the tight knot. That is when you had these branches that were coming out. You'll notice they come out at a, at a kind of an angle. They kind of look like they're shooting out. Yeah. And that's because the branches were growing up at maybe 20 or 30 degrees. Mm -hmm. So as you cut perfectly flat, 
it looks like they're they're kind of like disappearing. It's like taking um, a carrot and you cut a carrot cross section right. wise. Then the carrot kind of looks like it has a, it's like at, cut at an angle. Mm-hmm. Like the the cross section is like a big oval. This is the same thing, but the the oval cross section is the branch. The flat circular cross section is the stem, which right. is what they cut through. And that's because the ba- the branches were not at a perfect um, ninety degree angle to the stem. They were actually growing upwards a little bit. Very cool. It's a really cool picture kind of showing something that when you look at it, you're like, well, that's fascinating. And then when you talk about it, it's like a very complicated, like anatomical way that the tree grew, but everyone is probably really familiar with it. You just, you just don't know it because it's little knots, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Interesting. It was a lot of fun. I really like that one. There you go. If you want to see that photo, look at, look at our Instagram for on the, uh, the post for this episode. And thank you, Angie, for your question and for the lovely care package. We've had a few other boxes sent to us recently or or, uh, delivered to us, and we just have neglected to say thank you. But for anyone who's ever sent us anything, it's so appreciated and so loved. Yeah, it really, it really is. Um, so, so thank you. Yeah, like here's another thing from <clears throat> Ashley, and we're just like we're we're just beyond the moon with everyone's everyone's uh, generosity. Yeah, to get a Christmas card from a fungal associate is a wonderful thing, Casey. It really is. Uh, if you have a question for us about trees, join the Patreon. At the Quercus and Alder tier, that's Q&A, $3 a month. Or you can join the Arboretum and get two bonus episodes a month about trees and other related topics. Above that is the Cone of the Month Club. You get a unique die-cut cone sticker for you to place on anything or just collect as they are, illustrated by an independent artist. You get one of those every month by a different artist. Uh, we already, I'm, I'm very excited for the next few months, Casey. Yeah, me too. We just got done talking about them today. That's right. We've got a few sweet cones coming down the, the pike. Uh, above that is our arbitrary plus tier where you can watch two live streams a month from Casey and I, one from Casey and I, and one from me playing a tree themed video game. It, it should be noted that the very first one you did was called Strange Horticulture. Yes. And we kind of used a, kind of a little callback to that for Strange Arbiculture. That's right. In that game, you run a little plant shop and you have to fulfill different customers' needs. Yeah, which is a lot of fun. Um, yes, I stole the idea. How dare you, What do you, you want from me? <laughs> I don't need an answer to you. I don't need to apologize to any of you out there. <laughs> if you... <laughs> we got Philly Casey on the mic. <laughs> Uh, above that is our premier $20 a month tier. It's called generous admission. If you just want to give us that little extra for fun projects like the trivia night we just had, um, we, that's, that's the way to do it. Every, uh, every dollar goes, uh, ultimately goes back into making this podcast. It really does. Um, patreon.com slash arbitrary pod casey clap alex croson we made it through another one of treason's eatings that's right the, so good the pea can and next week we've got another edible tree casey don't we yes we sure do alex. should we spoil it and just say what it is i don't let's do it as a little christmas present a, you know what you guys earned it yeah as, a, as it. a thank you Let's let's reveal what we're talking about next week. All right. Which, of course, I know. But why don't you say it for me? Alex, I would be happy to, t- <laughs> <laughs> to say we were both We were both hoping it is up on, on each other's computer <laughs> at the time. 
Oh, next week is a perennial favorite. I say perennial because it comes around yearly. Wow. It is an orange. <gasps> Specifically, we're going to be doing the Mandarin orange. Yeah! Go Mandarins! That's right. So we're going to talk a little bit about this lovely little orange that comes from China, and it's going to be pretty good. Every dad's favorite addition to a salad. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Is a can of mandarin oranges. That's right. They are in the cans. I forgot about yeah. that. Oh, man. Okay, that's going to be a good one. So you will have to just listen in next week to see what we have to say about the mandarin orange. That's right. And then the next week, because, you know, we're spoiling things. You wow. guys are spoiled. We're going to be talking about the quince. Wow. Does anyone know what a quince is out there? No? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, sounds good. You're about to. You're about to. Thank you so much for listening to this season's Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Treason's Greetings. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Treason's Eatings. Completely arbitrary. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Uh, Goodbye. Completely Arbitrary is produced by Alex Croson and Casey Clapp. Our artwork is by Jillian Barthold, and our music is by Aves and the Mini Vandals. And you can support the podcast at patreon.com slash arbitrarypod. And find additional readings at completelyarbitrary.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.